Well, our next speaker, excuse the um, uh, committee very drastically of putting him on the Sunday morning program so he can clean up his stories a little bit. But I'll tell you, while he's coming up here at the front, I want anybody to leave, but everybody stand up just a second and then sit right back down. Andy, come on up to the front. Don't leave, the confusion will be terrific. Now let's sit down. I'd like to introduce Andy at this time. Hey, boy. Hey. These people might want to see my pointed head. Well, my name's Andy. I'm an alcoholic with the help of God and his AA program. And lots and lots of people like you folks, AAs, non-AAs, have been sober since November 9, 14, 1944. I've got a three-day speech here I'm going to have to get rid of in about 15 minutes. And like I say, I'm, I've been censured. I had to change this thing up a little bit. Being Sunday morning. Uh... I haven't heard any Shakespeare quoted. Usually at one of these meetings, you hear some Shakespeare. I got a little point there. Shakespeare didn't have anything. I think my wife wrote it. <laughs> that little junior full of beer cut Andy's throat from ear to ear. Mama said her eyes are blinking. That will stop the old man's drinking. <laughs> that was her cure. Didn't work. But I, I want to thank this wonderful ordinance to all you folks for having me up here from Dallas. My name's Andy Lyon, L-Y-O-N. I know it's on the paper they got it, L-I-O-N. But uh, I'm in the phone book at Dallas. We run a little snack bar down there to serve coffee. I can't convince a wife if I fill that cold drink box full of beer, I could do a better job. She doesn't believe that. But if you're ever down there, come see us. Atlantic Snack Bar out North Dallas. In the phone book, my home. Uh, and I do consider it very much of an honor to be here and enjoy it very much. I've got a million dollars worth of AA to take back with me and it didn't cost me anything. Uh, that kind of. The wife used all my AA up. I had to come up here and get some more. I uh, want to thank all the non AAs, too, uh, for their love and their hope and their faith and their prayers for us all us drunk i don't know what we'd do without you and uh, our preacher friend is talking about these closed meetings just don't pay any attention to that there's not too much going on in them things that it wouldn't go on outside of course the gossip that's been going on for years but after i was in a year at my first birthday dallas group there and you have a birthday down there, they get you a cake with a candle on it, two candles or three, and them gals in there pretty nice, they kiss you on your birthday, and uh, the wife asked, somebody asked the wife if she wasn't jealous of me on my first birthday, she told them no, and I was drunk, they could have me, and when I was sober, she didn't worry about me. <laughs> so you just folks just feel the same way about this stuff. It's not, it's not too much going on. I, I don't know, maybe I'm missing something, but I have. But uh, they, 
a lot of talk about keeping AA simple, so I think that's why they got me on here. Uh, doesn't take no keen mind to be a, uh, an alcoholic or a drunk, and it doesn't take a keen mind to be an AA and sober. I'm proof of that. I was broke before I got an AA. I'm still broke. I got a little rallying change. It's all right. I was in debt before I got an AA, and I'm still in debt. But the wife and myself run that little snack bar we're trying to get out, and we're happy about it. Two things I, I haven't got enough AA to handle, and that's these arguments the wife and myself have. God bless her. We still have them. We always have them. I didn't scratch this out, but we had one the night we got married out on the preacher's porch. She wanted to go eat. <laughs> Thought it'd be a good idea to 
Have a second honeymoon. So? I thought it'd be all right, too. We had dinner in the same cafe, went to the same hotel, got the same room. I think it's the same furniture. <laughs> it was me that went to the bathroom and cried. I got a better than that for the first uh, honeymoon, but I had to scratch that out Sunday. <laughs> and about these policemen, I can't like them somehow or other. I try my best. Uh, even when I was drinking, I tried to like them. Never did try to run over them. I, I never used to think of that. That's a good idea. <laughs> One night, I, one of them was going to take me to jail, and I said, why don't you uh, put yourself in my, my place? Supposing you was a sick alcoholic or a drunk, didn't know about alcoholics then, and I was a lousy cop. Uh, things would be different, but I went to jail just the same. <laughs> I had one, one of them that offered to take me home instead of to the jailhouse. He was a sergeant. My wife worked over at the city hospital in Dallas. She hadn't left me, but I had her working. Uh, and he wanted to take me home, and I had my dog with me that night. That's the only part of the family who'd have anything to do with me then. But he wouldn't let the dog in the squad car, and of course I told him what he could do with his squad car. He said, if you do the same thing with your dog, I'll let him in. <laughs> ticket or some of them will drive by and get rough with me. I don't go to town. I've been in Dallas since November, last November, and I haven't been downtown in Dallas about twice. And that's enough. But I always uh, hear something or read something about them. I, we got to have those uh, policemen just like you got to have preachers. Uh, but uh, they, they ought to let us drunks alone or, or find out something about us. Here's a the other night, I cut this out of the Dallas paper. Man found dead in the city bunk. City jail bunk, that is. Sixty-year-old man identified, identified by police as Spurgeon Edward Griffiths, a 46-18-second avenue, found dead in the bunk at the city jail. Well, that's just a damn lie, because you don't have bunks in those runarounds, see? <laughs> About 7 p.m. Saturday, a.m. Saturday, just as a peace then... Bird, uh, Bird authorized an autopsy. Police Captain Frank Martin and Judge Bryan said the man fell out of his bunk. Well, he fell off a bench, that's what all they got. About 11 p.m. Friday and suffered a laceration on his head. He was treated in the police emergency ward and returned to jail, the investigator said. Captain Martin said the man was jailed two days ago on a dunk charge. Been in there two days. We know what's the matter with the man. But for the grace of God, it could have been me. 
and they do, they, that happens quite a bit in and uh, all the jails. And it's up to us, A's and non A's, please, to try to educate some of these uh, laws about this drunk business. That it, it kind of makes me a little bit sore. I'm sorry. Uh, Give them. I love them, but I don't like them. <laughs> of course, my alcoholic story is about like most of the rest of them here. Some of them. Of course, I, I, I was a big beer drinker because you, you could make that stuff, and then when you they I had it back, it was selling cheap. I started to get out of it after I'd been in about three months. Some guy got up and said you couldn't get drunk on beer. I went down to city jail to try to get my money back, but no, they wouldn't give it back to me. <laughs> lots of money, too. Of course, I've had lots of things happen to me, and, and, and I've happened to a lot of things, too. <laughs> but I, I let uh, uh, the psychiatrist I went to one time, he said, the shorty boy, after he messed around with me a while, he said, your trouble started way back in 1891, said you was born. <laughs> so I let some uh, wise kinfolks rate me here as far as being an alcoholic. This was written on May the 23rd, 1944, and I got an A and November the 14th, 44, so uh, several months before. And this old boy thinks he sobered me up, and I'm still letting him think that. I love this letter. I guess some of you have read, heard me read it. Says, Dear Andrew, it grieves my heart to think of a man I love would lose all respect for self, father and mother, and a dear wife and children. Where is your manhood? Question mark. <laughs> you had better stop, listen, and look before Satan has a chain around your neck leading you to hell. Get off that drink. I am ashamed of you. Uncle Ben. <laughs> Oh, I got on a good one after I got this letter. <laughs> I got one of them stooge letters, too, from my Aunt Woody. You know, what? Uh, uh, one of these guys speaking against liquor and his stooge who died and staggering around, he wanted me to be a stooge. And I got drunk again then, too. But Uncle Ben, he, he's a good old boy. He's the only guy that, that ever come to my house and brought a can of malt. <laughs> Well, uh, this is Sunday. I guess I'm going to have to talk a little bit about the spiritual part. I, I, uh, hear so many times about bringing the go easy on this God stuff. They call AA, November the 14th, 44, and I was on a vacation, and all sick leave. I was working in a water plant. The only place I'd get a job, and I got a vacation, a week vacation. Stayed drunk a week, burnt my hand making coffee, and got a week sick leave. And just trying to get the old belly in good shape where I could take care of that week. She called AA, and them babies come out there. Fourteen of them in two days. At the time, I don't know what she told them. It must have been terrible. <laughs> but... Uh, at the time, I didn't think I had a friend anywhere, and I, I, I figured God was uh, was against me, too, because I'd been uh, shoving him around quite a bit. But uh, 
Those 14 AAs, and he was 50 in Dallas at that time, maybe 30, they told me that there was 330,000 in the United States, guys just like me, so I figured there wasn't a doubt in my mind that if God would do that for them, he would do it for me. Uh, I would. I was raised in a Christian home, deacon, scout master, Sunday school teacher, uh, everything good. But I, uh, I was worse than Jimmy there. I, I wasn't an agnostic. I believed in God. I knew there was a God, but I wasn't doing nothing about it. I wasn't paying him no mind. Like Chuck said last night, that big miscellaneous thing over here, that's where all my stuff was shoved in. I didn't have none in these other places. And uh, I was getting along. I was doing church work and figured uh, made a kind of a deal with God. If he just kind of keep one eye on me and keep that partially closed, that I'd do a lot of church work uh, along with my drinking. <laughs> painted church, uh, painted some Sunday school rooms, had a uh, half a gallon of corn whiskey down in the basement. I had to walk down three flights of stairs to get to it every 30 minutes. I don't know why. I painted all night. Nobody there but me. Why well, I kept it down there. But I did. I was trying to hide it from somebody. But that's the kind of way I was living, and it, it, it was rough. And I, I didn't know about alcoholism. I didn't know about AA. I just figured that was the way to live. My daddy was an alcoholic or a drunkard. Uh, I used to, he used to come home two or three o'clock in the morning, wake me up. I had to cook him some ham and eggs or something. I'd go back to bed. I thought that was the way some people lived, and that's there wasn't nothing you could do about it. Of course, he'd give me a quarter once in a while. That was all right, too. But uh, I, I can, uh, since I've been in AA and had more time, <laughs> I've been reading a little bit, uh, besides web thing and whiskey labels. But uh, I took AA on faith, and I've been trying to study about it. I... I didn't doubt that, that God wouldn't do these things for me. He did it for other people any more than I doubted. It came down here on a Zephyr, went down the depot and got on the train and got here. I didn't go up there and ask that engineer how long he'd been engineering or, or how old he was, if there's hot, any chance of a hot box or anything. I just figured I'd get here and I'm here. We don't, uh, I never remember having my whiskey analyzed. I didn't know I was in the damn stuff. <laughs> I knew it was going to make me drunk. And it did. But it go to a doctor, he punches around, asks a lot of questions, he writes out a prescription you can't read. You take it to a drugstore and that guy goes back behind the counter and hides and puts something in it, you take it and you get well. We don't ask a lot of questions about those things, so why ask about God? I don't understand much about God and uh, I don't care as long as he understands about me. It doesn't make a whole lot of difference. I've been reading about this, about Webster says here, uh, God is the creator and upholder of the universe, and the universe is the whole system of created things, and I guess that's the answer created, and, <clears throat> including the world we know and uh, any other that may exist, the full extent of space, that's the universe, and God is the upholder of that universe. With this big eye telescope, they can uh, see now, they can see 200 million, million miles into space. Now, that's a fur piece. Uh, they can see large groups of runaway stars. Must be alcoholics. 
that are traveling 31,000 miles per hour. The book said per minute, but I didn't believe it, so I said per hour. about stars and stuff. The guy said that the world was going to come to end in 11 million years. This guy jumped up and said, what did you say? And I said, the world was going to come to end in 7 million years. He said, hell, I thought you said 11 or 7. <laughs> and if they tell me if Earth was a few thousand miles away from the sun, we'd all freeze to death this thousand miles closer, we'd all uh, burn up, and the ocean would come over the earth and all that. Well, God is the guy that's taking care of that, and I'm sure he can take care of my little old dried-up alcoholic life, and he can have it. And I got an A, nobody else would want to mess with it, besides them, besides them policemen, they just want that ten bucks. <laughs> I'm wiping myself around that little two-by-four snack bar, and boy, it's a job for me. I couldn't run hardly anything else. First got there, it's just for the employees, about 200, over 200 employees. First week, uh, I said, boy, I got a bird's nest on the ground here working on alcoholics. And I found out the only way they resemble an alcoholic is hung around the snack bar and wouldn't get out of the way, and you couldn't get some coffee. They come up there and won't move out. I noticed that in some of the clubs, too. They get to talking and they, and they get around the snack bar. Uh, let's see now here. I smell that barbecue burning. <laughs> well, let's see. My, I was born a twin in, in 1891. And I don't think my daddy and mama sit down and figured out it's about time for them to have a twin. Twin. I think some of God had something to do with that. My twin died at the age of three years, three days. I had a whooping cough at the age of one year, and the doctor gave me up. I'd turn blue. My mother uh, thought about it, and she stuck her finger down my throat, and here I am. I had pneumonia three times before I was seven years old. Now, this twin died, see. He might have been a pretty good guy. I got drunk and burnt the bed up in the covers and my underwear, and it didn't hurt me. <laughs> I've had a lot of bloody fights. Of course, like I said before, it's all my blood. <laughs> so here I am up here before this one crowd of people, uh, a lousy alcoholic or a little alcoholic, 60 years old. And why? Well, Lord, I, I should have been dead. Uh, that's not counting times that I've been in these uh, colored berry joints and Mexican berry joints and calling them all SBs and getting by with it. I should have had my throat cut a million times. So I'm here for something. 
So, uh, whether I believe in God or any of us believe in God, I think God believes in us. Now, I think that uh, we're here, um, maybe I hope I'm here to maybe tell somebody about AA. And that's what I've been doing, and I hope God li- let, live, let me live long enough that I can do some more of it and repay God, AA, and, and all you good people back for uh, a lot of this seven or eight years of happiness I've had and my family had. Like the priest of the prize fighting, one of the fellows fighters got in there and blessed himself and the fellow next to him says, priest, you think that'll do him any good? He said, it will if he can fight. <laughs> so if we can fight, I, I think uh, God will let us get along all right, do our part of it. Uh, I have one more personal letter here from, uh, just to show you how uh, A works after, after NAA. That first letter was before I got NAA. He was right, too. Now, this is my uh, wife's sister. She was a apostolic. I was an alcoholic. <laughs> Her crowd could shout and sing and call it religion. I'd shout to sing and disturb the peace. That's what. <laughs> She'd come over to the house and get with wife and kids, and uh, I got two girls and four. Thank God, and they're all doing good. Uh, you come over and frame up with a wife, what you gonna do about me? It's nothing all to scratch off. But uh, one day I heard him whispering in there, cold turkey and all of a sudden, and the youngest daughter came to the back room and said, Daddy, you wanna go to the poorhouse? And I jumped out of bed and hangover and all, dressed up, got a little duffel bag, and went in the living room and Already, I'm a, the oldest daughter said, Daddy, why are you so anxious to go to the poorhouse? I said, poorhouse? Excuse me. Dear Shorty, that's what they call me when they like me, see? And when they don't like me, it's Andrew, the wife calls me on. And she calls me Andrew, I say, oh, I know something's going to happen. So happy birthday. I believe it was five years ago, I've been in a, a year. I attended a double birthday party over at Peg's for you and Jim. You were a year old in AA that night, and Jim was ten days old in this old world. Lots of trials have come and gone since then, but I am still thankful thanking our Heavenly Father for you, for all you meant to John and I. You never know till eternity how many times you've brightened the way with words and deeds of love and kindness when things look so dark. It seems God has given you the gift of love and ability to lift the load of others as no one else can do. So I'm thanking God today he sent the AA work your way 
for you were surely an unpolished diamond, and A has been the polish that has made your life shine. Wish you we could run in a few minutes tonight and be with you instead. Uh, since we can't, we'll just pray that God in his abundant grace will grant you dry birthdays until such time as he sees need. He needs you worse than we. If you want a birthday scripture be to stand on through the years, take the 10th chapter and 13th verse of 1 Corinthians as your very own. And that is, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your strength, and with the temptations will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. And I think lots of that letter, too. And I'm very happy to be here, and I thank you folks many, many times, and come see us in Dallas.
What's worse in my mind is the life of the active alcoholic that I went through. The thought is today well lived makes every yesterday a dream of happiness, and every tomorrow a dream of hope. Look well, therefore, to this day. Let's say the Lord's Prayer and the Greek. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, and forgive us those who trespass against us. And we despise the temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.